Up next, a message from Victory Life Church of Milton. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, and that He appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve, then He appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Give the Lord some praise, church. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. This is, this is the Apostle Paul. This is the Apostle mm-hmm. Paul, not me. I'm just Paul. This is, this is the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Corinth. Okay? For I delivered to you as a first importance what I also received. Now check it out. Paul says, I delivered to you. I made sure, church people, that I gave you the goods, that I gave you what is truly important. And that's what we're here for today, guys. There's nothing more important in your world than the good news of Jesus Christ. There's nothing more important than the gospel. I'm talking about Jesus Christ uh, was born of a virgin. Amen. I'm talking about 100% God, 100% man. I'm talking about he went to the cross and laid down his life. Nobody took it from him. He laid down his life. He was buried, and three days later, he rose. He paid for your sins. Give him some praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Because as I look around, I see a bunch of sinners out there. No, I'm playing. I'm playing. We're all, we have all, we've all fallen short. Can I get a witness? We've all broken God's law. So you know what? We need Jesus Christ. We're in a mess without Jesus Christ. This is the message that the Apostle Paul is giving to the church people. He's saying, hey, Corinthians, I'm talking about that most important thing, Jesus Christ crucified and rose from the dead. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received. Now, the Apostle Paul received this. Okay, remember on the road to Damascus? Remember the Apostle Paul was not always the Apostle Paul. Just like you weren't always the saved person that you are today. You know, but somebody reached down and said, no, that's not going to work for you. You're coming to be with me. You're in my family. The Apostle Paul was Saul. He was on his way to Damascus to persecute the Christians. And Jesus Christ, the risen Savior, appeared to him and said, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Okay, that was a life change for Paul. He was zealous as an anti-Christian, man. He hated the church. He saw it as something that was destroying his pure religion. But he was just as zealous for the risen Savior, Jesus Christ, once he was saved. And he said, I received this, and I'm not going to hold it in. I received it, and I'm going to spread it. I'm going to give it to anybody and everybody that will listen. So listen here, guys. I can't go any further unless we address this, man. If you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, don't hide it under a bushel. Amen. We got a responsibility to spread that gospel. Amen. So look, this is the Apostle Paul. He said, I delivered it to you. I received it and I gave it out. Guys, we have something. We have, remember that movie, The Medicine Man in, in the 90s where, that, where that, that, dude, that dude discovered a cure for cancer? You know what I mean? 
Uh, well, I never saw the movie, but that was in the trailer. He's like, I discovered the cure for cancer. Something <laughs> Look, man, if you, had, if you had something that could save somebody's life that had a terminal illness, wouldn't you be the most selfish of people if you did not bless that person with that gift? Okay, life is a terminal illness, man. You know what I mean? We're just passing through, and we're going to spend eternity somewhere. And the Apostle Paul said, this is so beautiful, so amazing. It changed my life. I was evil. I was wicked. And now I'm a saved person. And that's all of us, man. We got to give that message out. Okay, we deliver the truth. We deliver the truth in love. Amen. You can give him some praise if you want to. Look at Mark, Mark 16 and verse 15. This is Jesus Christ. Talking to his disciples, man, okay? We are all followers of Jesus Christ, and we, we have to be part of this great commission, okay? Jesus Christ didn't just die on a cross and raise from the dead for us to live forever, for our sins to be forgiven, but he wants us to be about his business, amen? Okay, Mark 16 and verse 15, And he said to them, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. That's what he told the disciples. And here we are, man. We are followers of Jesus Christ. And, and I just got to ask you, how big of a pro, how big a boy are you? No, I'm playing. Um, we got to ask ourselves, man, is this a priority in your life to spread the gospel? You know, because we got that. We got that. We got that cure, man. We got that cure. And I know, I know, man, sometimes we, we don't want, we don't want people to, we don't want people to look down on us. We don't want to deal with rejection. It's, it's kind of scary stepping out there, man. But look at what Jesus Christ did for you on that cross. Amen. And this is what he wants us to do. Spread the love of Jesus. Amen. Moving forward. For I, for I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins. Man, give him some praise. So I don't know what kind of day you're having. Sundays are kind of crazy for me, you know, rushing around and all that. Um, I hope everybody's having a wonderful day. I hope you're excited like me. But no matter what your week has been like, no matter what 2020 and 2021 has been so far, listen, that Christ died for our sins. You are blessed. You are blessed. For Christ died for our sins. Look at Philippians 2 and verse 6. Talking a little bit about that death. Okay? Because he did die. Okay? And sometimes we don't really even really think about what that looked like until this time of year. But briefly, let's dig into this a little bit. That Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures. So there's a couple really awesome things going on. Okay, first of all, the death, burial, resurrection, the, the sin atoning work of the cross was all prophesied in Scripture way before it ever happened. Okay? And it was impossible for all these things to take place the way it was prophesied. But it happened exactly how it was prophesied. Amen. So you can stand on the Word of God. You can trust the Word of God. You can stand on God's promises. 
because God don't lie, okay? And so, matter of fact, real fast, let me read Isaiah 53 and verse 5. This is a prophecy, and you can read about the death, burial, and resurrection all through Scripture. You're going to see, you're going to see it mentioned way back in Genesis. You're going to see it mentioned in Genesis chapter 3, I believe. You know, all through Scripture. This is prophesied what Jesus Christ is going to do for us. Uh, David wrote about it in the Psalms in amazing detail, and it happened just like he prophesied. Isaiah 53 and verse 5. But he was pierced for our transgressions. Do you realize that this morning? You realize that, that he was sinless. He was that spotless lamb slain before the foundations of the earth. Are y'all with me? That he, he never did nothing wrong. If he did anything wrong, he'd have to pay for his sins. You see what I'm saying? But he paid for your sins and my sins. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. This was prophesied way before Jesus Christ had 12 disciples, okay? He was cursed for our iniquities. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. Look at that. The chastisement that brought us peace. He suffered. He was tormented so I can have peace of mind. Listen, man. These mind battles that you go through Dude, I dig it. I know, I, I know about it, man. But look, Jesus Christ paid for us to have peace of mind. So when Satan starts to bug you and whisper all this evil rubbish in your ear, and you know, you know if it's the devil, you know, right? Look at your neighbor and say, you know it's the devil. When, when you hear that rubbish, man, rebuke it and say, no, 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 you got it all wrong. Jesus paid for me to have peace of mind, man. Not just for my soul to be safe, but for me to have peace of mind about where I'm going to spend my eternity, but also for me to have peace about all the trials and storms that I'm going to go through here and now. Amen. Can I get a witness? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. That's Isaiah 53, verse 5. That was written hundreds of years before it actually took place. That Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures. The Apostle Paul's pointing back, say, take you a little journey through the Scriptures, man. What happened to Jesus Christ was foretold a long, long time ago. And it all happened just how he said. Philippians 2 and verse 6, talking about that death. He, though, he was in the form of God. You guys understand that, right? That Jesus Christ, 100% God, 100% man, okay? Who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. He was already God. Now, now picture this for a second. He steps down off of that throne. I don't know a lot about heaven, but I know it's awesome. I know it's amazing, all right? And Jesus Christ said, I'm not going to hold on to this. I'm going to take on the form of a servant and I'm going to die for humanity. Think about that. Think about that. Man, it's hard for me to get off the couch sometimes and go help my neighbor do something. You know what I mean? I'm like, dude, man. 18 reunions on. Give me a break, man. (laughs) Philippians 2 verse 6. Who though he was in the form of God did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. Now jump down to Philippians 2 and verse 8. And being found in human form, because that's what he did, man. He 
He wrapped himself in human flesh. He was born of a virgin. I'm talking about God, the second man of the Trinity. I'm talking about the creator of the universe, the creator of mankind, gives his care to a little girl and a man named Joseph. And he's a little baby, man. And he goes through all this stuff, man. He knows what it feels like to be hungry. He knows what it feels like to sit around a campfire and have a good time with the fellas, man. He, he loved his friends. He also knows what it feels like to be betrayed by those closest to him. You know what I'm saying? And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So it wasn't just like off with your head which as far as assassinations goes, supposed to be pretty fast. You know, there it is. He went through agony, man. He went, well, let's look at it this way. The worst possible way you could give up your life, the worst possible way you could lay down your life, the most humiliating way, he laid down his life for me and for you. You know what I mean? And he, he said, I'm not going to hold on to all this. But I'm going to go down there for 33 plus years and give my life so they can spend eternity with me. Give them some praise. And there was way more than the cross. You know, he had to carry that thing through the streets where everybody, the people that he loved, the people that he was going to die for, you know, mocked him and spit upon him. He, he, had, he was paraded through the street like a common criminal. Uh, crucifixion was there for the worst of the worst criminals, man. As, as something to be looked upon as, hey, don't mess with Rome, man. This is what happens to somebody that goes against Caesar. Okay, Jesus never sinned once in his life. But he was treated like a criminal so we could be treated as royalty. Amen. We're blessed people, man. We're blessed. Give them some praise. Thank you, Jesus. There was the crown of thorns. There was the flogging. There was the beating. There, there was the mockery by the soldiers. All the things that he went through. And he was... Now, seriously, if, if you just... Go with me real fast. Push everything away that you might be thinking about right now. The checkbook can wait. Everything can wait. But think about this, man. The fact that when he was going through that, when he was going through that agony in that torment, that, that mental anguish, you know, that, that pain, that, that anguish of knowing that all the sins of humanity was going to be placed on his back. When he was going through all that, he was thinking about you, David. He was thinking about you, Sister Rhonda, Sister Rachel. He was thinking about you, Donnie. Seriously, man, that's not just something we say, man. He was thinking about us. When he was on that cross, we were on his mind, man. Okay? He went to that cross, and he stayed on that cross, and he went through all that for me, and you love kept him there. Amen? Give him some praise. I believe we're going to go to the second slide now. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. See what the Apostle Paul's doing? He's saying what Jesus Christ did, every bit of it was prophesied. 
it was foretold years and years and hundreds of years before it actually took place. You know, that he was buried. Now let's look at Isaiah 53 and verse 9. Talks briefly about his burial. This is that, that ancient prophecy delivered by Isaiah. Isaiah 53 and verse 9. And they made his grave with the wicked and with the rich man in his death, although he had done no violence and there was no deceit in his mouth. Because like I said, crucifixion was set aside for the worst of the worst men to make an example. And that's why they put them crosses where everyone could see them, man. They put, they put them on Golgotha. As you were coming in and out of town, don't mess with the Romans, man. Don't cross that line. You know what I'm saying? He, he never did no wrong. They, he was condemned as a criminal, although it was our crimes he was paying for. He was condemned as a criminal, and he was laid in a rich man's tomb. Now, how in the world... Could that have happened by coincidence? Because, as you know, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a closet Christian. We got any, we got any closet Christians in here this morning? Any, anybody ashamed of the gospel? Anybody kind of fearful to spread the gospel? Hey, it gets scary sometimes. We got to remember what's important. Amen? Matthew 27 and verse 57. When it was evening, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who also was a disciple of Jesus. So there was Nicodemus, who was a Pharisee, who was a follower of Jesus Christ. And there was this Joseph of Arimathea, who was a very rich, wealthy guy as well. And he was a follower of Jesus Christ. He was part of the Pharisees as well. You know, and so this guy gives his brand spanking new garden tomb, fancy boy, to Jesus Christ. See, tombs, man, were something special back then. You would hold on to these things for generations. So it's it's probably the case with Joseph. Probably Big Joe came into money. You know, he probably didn't he probably didn't inherit a bunch of money, but he probably was a self-made man of some sort. And so it's time to get the family tomb, man. Let's do this. You know, people would hold on to these things for generations. And they'd put their loved ones in there, man. Another person would die. They'd move granny's bones, put it to the side, put someone else right there. Someone else would die. They'd put that person's bones to the side. And, and, and sometimes they'd have a huge pile of bones in the center of the thing. And they'd just keep reusing it and reusing it and reusing it. But see, Jesus Christ had a brand spanking new tomb. Why does that matter? Because that's what was prophesied, man, <laughs> that it was a rich man's tomb. See, every little detail that was prophesied about Jesus Christ was fulfilled. The point I'm trying to make is you can trust, you can believe in the Word of God. So when God says, hold your peace and let the Lord fight my battles, I'm going to say, well, that does, that sounds kind of counterintuitive there. Well, man, trust in Jesus. He knows what he's doing. And laid it in his own new tomb, which he had cut in the rock and rolled a great stone to the entrance of the tomb and went away. Jesus himself talks about this. Talks about his death, his burial. Let's read 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 4, beloved. That he was buried. That he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. So let's talk about that third day for a second. Matthew 12 and verse 40. For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish. You know what's cool about Jesus talking about Jonah? 
is that's one of the huge things that the unbeliever, that the skeptic, they like to bring that point out there. Man, that's impossible for a, for a big old whale. wasn't a whale. might have been a whale. The Bible says Leviathan, sea monster, big fish. We don't know. Something big, something aquatic. Could have been a big turtle. Could have been a, well, no, some sort of fish. So maybe, maybe a, a, a lobster. It don't matter, man. But see, Jesus says, Jesus gives validity to that. I mean, not only is it in Scripture so we can believe it, but Jesus makes a point to bring that up, talking about his own death, burial, and resurrection. Saying just like that surely happened, that a dude was swallowed by a great fish and went around in the bottom of the ocean for a few days. Just like that happened. That was a foretelling of what's going to happen to me. That was a picture of what's going to happen to me. For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be there, be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. So we're talking about three days. Talking about three nights, man. Talking about what Jesus said was going to happen. I'm going to be gone for a little while. Three days. I'll be busy. I'll be taking care of some stuff. All is well. Trust in me. Now, during this time, man, the disciples were a mess understandably so, right? But Jesus, Jesus kept saying, hey, Jesus kept making this point, but it was going over their head. You know, is this one of, those, one of those parables? I don't get it. He keeps talking about his being handed over to wicked men. He keeps talking about laying down his life and all this. And they're, man, they're, 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 as it got closer and closer and Jesus began to talk more and more about his death, burial, and resurrection, the more it began to weigh on the disciples, and then when it happened, man, they were devastated. They were heartbroken, man. They, they had put everything they had into this. You know what I mean? And they truly, truly thought that Jesus was going to go into Jerusalem, kick out the Romans, and they were going to have this, these special places of respect and authority for being with Jesus through the hard times, man. You know? But it didn't happen that way at all, man. You know? They wanted Jesus to be something that Jesus never said he was doing. You know, we get like that. Jesus, I need you to do this. Jesus, this would be great. Man, that's not what Jesus is about. You know, Jesus shows us the way to live. Look at Jesus at the Last Supper when he's washing the disciples' feet, man. You know how nasty that would be? I mean, seriously, man, these dudes walk around on dusty, nasty roads, man. Jesus Christ washed their feet, even Judas Iscariot. He washed his feet knowing what that dude was thinking about, man. Okay? So certainly if Jesus shows us the way how to have a servant's heart, that's something that we need to apply. Can I get a witness? Amen. Give him some praise. Thank you, Lord Jesus. That he was buried. That he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. King David talks about that a little bit in Psalm 16, verse 10. He talks about the Messiah an awful lot. But in Psalm 16, verse 10. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol. You won't abandon me to the place of the dead. Or let your Holy One see corruption. Or the NIV says, you will not let your Holy One see decay. So he was in that tomb. That body was in that tomb for three days. And just imagine how Jesus' followers felt, man. 
They were devastated. They were hiding out, man. They were fearing for their life. Now, this thing just went crazy, 180 degrees different than what they thought was about to happen. They're hiding out. Remember the, the two disciples on the road to Emmaus? Man, they're getting out of town, dude. They're getting out of Jerusalem. And their hearts are broken. Maybe some of us in here, man, maybe our hearts are really broken this morning, man. I'm not saying we don't love Jesus. Sure, we love Jesus. But maybe things aren't working out the way that we thought they should work out. Or they're not working out the way I think they should work out. Or just all this stuff is, is coming on me, man, because the doctor said this or this happened to me. Or I'm at this age and this is going on. Whatever, man. Listen, man, God is still trustworthy. God is still faithful. God is still the God of the impossible. So don't give up on him. Make your stand on the scriptures. Make your stand on the word of God. Amen. Luke 24, 6 and 7. This is good, man. This is really, really good. This, this is the, uh, the so Joe, Joseph of Arimathea, you know, he gets the body, takes it to the tomb, has the stone rolled away. This is all happening during the Passover time, man, and, and the Sabbath. So a couple of the ladies, man, they see where the body's right. They see where the body's placed. As soon as the Sabbath is over, man, they got their ointments and their spices, and, and they're rushing to give honor to Jesus Christ's uh, body. You know, they're running to the tomb and they're thinking, well, what are we going to do, man? It's just us ladies, and, and they got that big old stone, that humongous stone, man. In front of that brand new tomb. What are we going to do? Well, they didn't have to worry about that because when they got there, that stone was rolled away. That stone was rolled away. And you know, Pilate had guards placed there. And that tomb was sealed. Because remember, the Pharisees, remember the Pharisees, remember those guys? They, they come to Jesus and I mean, I'm sorry. They come to Pilate and they're like, hey, hey, hey. Now, this, this deceiver that we just, that you, Pilate, that you had put to death because they didn't want that blood on their hands. That, that, that deceiver that you just had put to death that was just crucified. He's dead now, right? You know and all that? Um, but seems to me, if memory serves correct, because the Pharisees were actually worried about us. You know, think about that. He was saying that on the third day, he was going to rise up. So can we do something? Can, can we put some guards around there? Something like that. So when Pilate seals something, it is sealed, man. No one is supposed to enter that thing at all. You can't break that seal. So there's guard station there, right? Because the Pharisees, like, hey, he, uh, this deception could be worse than the first. If, they, if his disciples... Go in there somehow and, and, and take that body out. And they go running through the street. He is alive and he's not really. Then, man, we could have a whole new can of worms, Pilate. So Pilate has a tomb sealed, man. But that's nothing to a couple angels, right? That's nothing to the power of the Most High God. And that power dwells inside you, Sister Jump. The same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me. Whoop-dee-doo, whoop-dee-dee. Does that not mean something to thee? That'll be in my book of short, short poems coming out later this year. It could happen. 
that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. Luke 24, 6 and 7. Here's the ladies at the tomb, man, and there's these angels. He is not here. He is not here, but has risen. Yes, let's do that again. He is not here, but has risen. Because you guys, you're, you're a smart bunch of folks, man. You understand, right, that if he just died, if he didn't raise from the dead, every single one of you people, me included, we're wasting our time. You know, you could be doing anything. You could, but we're not wasting our time. Hold your place in your Bible. 1 Corinthians 15, 17. This is the Apostle Paul again. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Wow. If this thing didn't happen the way Jesus said it would happen, we're st- we're, our own sins have, have convicted us. Our, I mean, our own sins are sending us to hell, man. But Jesus Christ kept his word. That grave couldn't hold him down. Can you imagine when Satan realized, I love this, man. I want to see some sort of instant replay of this somehow, some way on the other side of Jordan. I really want to check this out. Satan's face, that little worm. Oh, guys, people sell a little worm. His face when he realizes, man, oh, man, oh, no, oh, no. He just set the captives free, dude. He is not here, but has risen. Remember, listen, listen. Ladies, Jesus was kept telling you about this. He kept bringing this up all the time. He is not here. He has risen. Now, honestly, as soon as the angels, well, as soon as I see the angels, man, I don't think I would, I mean, it's just amazing. Who knows what I would be able to comprehend or retain after that, you know? You know, these glowing dudes in the empty tomb. And they're like, he's risen. He's risen. Oh, okay, he's risen. Okay. But then they t- start talking about this. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee? Remember way back then? That the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men. Hey, it happened just how Jesus said it was going to happen. That the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise? Hey, you know, now that you mention it, angels, that's right. That's right, he, he did. Remember the Son of Man will be lifted up? 1 Corinthians 15, 4, 5, and 6. That he was buried, that he was raised on the third day. Thank you, Jesus, that you keep your word. That he was raised on the third day in accordance with Scripture. And that he appeared to Cephas, not both Cephas. <laughs> and if there's anybody listening across the Mason-Dixon line, they probably won't get that. They'll have to, they'll have to put pause and goo. Some of us don't even get that now. Anyways, it don't matter. And that he appeared to Cephas, that's Peter. And that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve, that's the apostles. Well, hold on, hold on, preacher. Found a little ding in your armor there. How could he appear to the 12? 
when Judas had done killed himself, Judas had a replacement, Mattias. And that he appeared to Cephas, Peter, the one who denied him. They all ran away. But Peter, three times in a row, saying, I don't know that guy. I don't know that guy. I done told you I don't know that guy. Jesus made sure that he appeared to him, man. He went out of his way to make sure Peter was involved in all of this. So whatever you're going through, whatever you've been partaking in, whatever you've done that is against the Lord God, listen, you ain't went too far. You ain't too far. If you're right here, you're not too far. So ask Jesus to forgive you and get back in line. He denied, he, G, Peter denied Jesus three times, and three times Jesus said, hey, Peter, feed my sheep. You know what I mean? Do you love me, Peter? That's what he said three times. He reinstated them. That's beautiful. Look at your neighbor and say, that's beautiful. I did something real sweet and real nice last night for Rachel Jean. It was, it was actually like four in this morning. Um, the, 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 um, I, I, I did a, you ever bought your, your loved one something special from the gas station? No? I went into the gas station and, and uh, um, these beautiful Easter roses, man. Except they're not, they weren't really beautiful. They're all decaying looking. But I, they did. But at like four in the morning, in the light of, of, of the Tom Thumb gas station parking lot, they looked pretty, man. <laughs> I was like, oh, hey, I'm going to get these for my, my, my beloved Rachel Jean. I grab them. And when I'm paying for the, the things, the dude's like, seriously, man? And I just thought he was like, just tired or something. He was kind of. I take them things home and I put them in water and they're like, oh man, dude, I need to throw these things away. They look horrible. So I tried to, uh, I just, you know, she loves me, she loves me not. I was putting off all the dead parcels, parts, and uh, they're just basically, she woke up to a bunch of decrepit stems. But my heart, my heart was in the right place. But Jesus gives good gifts. I'm trying. That's the important thing. I'm trying. And that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time. That's my favorite part. That's my favorite part because he appeared to all these people. He sought all these people out. And that's what makes you an apostle, man, is that you saw that you were with the risen Savior. That's why the Apostle Paul is an apostle, because he was with the risen Savior, okay? After all these other cats. But my favoriteest part, man, is that he appeared to more than 500 people at one time. And see, all these people, most of these people um, were martyred. They were martyred for their faith. <laughs> all they had to do was say, no, it was not how the other guy said it was. He did not rise from the dead. Because like the Pharisees were so worried about if this guy, if this, if this deceiver rises from the tomb, it's going to be worse than ever before. Well, guess what? The grave couldn't hold him down. So, so Jesus had a plan. And you know what? He did rise from the dead. He did rise from the dead. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And he made all these appearances, man, for like 40 days. He was making all these appearances. For one night only, Jesus was making all these appearances 
to people, man, and changing the world because these people went out into all the nations and they spread the gospel. And look, 2,000 plus years later, we're still talking about it. You can't keep him in the grave. He's not in the grave. Christianity will never go away because Jesus Christ will never go away. Amen. Amen. Five hundred brothers at one time. I love it. Most of whom are still alive at the writing of this. Paul. These guys, well, in a way they're alive, right? Most, but that's not what Paul's talking about. He's, what he's saying is, hey, don't take my word for it, Corinthians. Go look up some of these uh, old pillars in the church, man. These people that saw there isn't Jesus besides me. You know, and there was so much pain, staking care. I don't know if I said that right. There was so much care into preserving the word of God. There was so much that was passed down from generation to generation. You know, I sleep soundly knowing that I am forgiven of my sins because I belong to a risen Savior. Then 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Let's close with 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope. Isn't that wonderful? Because if Jesus Christ finished work at the cross, man, we have new life. We have that blessed assurance. We will live Forever. Give the Lord some praise. It's all because of what Jesus Christ did at the cross. Adam messed it up. Jesus fixed it. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection. See how important this resurrection is, man? Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Because Jesus Christ rose from the dead. He defeated death, man. And you know what? Death, where is your sting? You know? It's nothing, man. It's nothing. We just... You, it, death is not an end for us. Well, it's not an end for anybody. You're going to go somewhere. It's just a transition, man. We have so much to give God glory. Thanks for listening to this message from Victory Life Church. Go to VictoryLifeChurchOfMilton.com for more and may God bless you.